0: Bibles, grab your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter number 13. How many of you have used your helper this week? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How many have listened to your helper this week? How many of you didn't really like what your helper wanted you to do? Okay. The rest of you lying. Yeah. The helper, the helper. Hey, we're going to tie something at the end of this lesson. It's really, really cool. Uh, where you're going to see how the helper works and, 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 and how important it is in the work of the church. And all God's people say it. Let's read, let's read about 12 verses real quick, and, uh, and, and then I'll let you sit down, and then we'll go through our, our study, okay? Uh, Acts chapter 13 and verse 1, if you're there, say amen. amen. Now, there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, which was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, And Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the Isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bargesus, which was with the deputy of the country, or uh, basically the Roman governor of of Cyprus, uh, or excuse me, Cyprus, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul. And desired to hear the word of God, but Eliamus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. now let's all read verse nine together. Then Saul, who also is called filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. Say that again. All right, verse nine again. then Saul, who also is called Paul. Say that again. With the Holy One more time. With the Holy Set his eyes on him and said, "O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist of a darkness, And he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, what did he do? He believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this great crowd tonight. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to stand in this place, on this platform, with your word. And to share it, study it, learn it, grow from it, be edified through it. Lord, you have helped me this week, and I pray that you'll help me help your people. Lord, I pray, move in this place. Holy Spirit, teach us. Guide every heart. You know who all is here, and you know what they all need. And I pray your perfect will be done. And Lord, we'll thank you for it and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Let me give you a brief, a real brief outline. I don't know if you have uh, room anywhere, maybe on the back side you can put some of this. I'm going to say it fast so if, if you don't get to write it all down, uh, just go back to the video and you can get this stuff. I just squeezed it on the side there. Let me give you a brief outline so far. In Acts 1-8 in Acts 1-8 he said, but ye, shall be, uh, uh, but ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Am I correct on that? Yep. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, if you're, if you're doing an outline form, uh, Roman numeral one is Jerusalem. The church began in Jerusalem, right? Uh, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, filled the believers. Uh, they were filled. Not, they were not only indwelled by the Holy Spirit, they were filled by the Holy Spirit. And there was an explosion of salvations, an explosion of church growth there in Jerusalem. So we have the beginning We have number one, Jerusalem. We have the beginning of the church, one and two. In other words, chapters one and two of Acts. Then the expansion of the church, chapters three through eight. Now this is all in Jerusalem, right? This is all, the the church is expanding in Jerusalem, growing in Jerusalem. God is expanding in Jerusalem. Then we move from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. We find the witness to the Samaritans. What happens? God allows God allows persecution and they go to running. Are y'all with me? They're fleeing for their lives. And when they flee and they leave, they take the gospel with them. Amen? And so they're going from Jerusalem. Now they're into Samaria and Judea. So we have, now watch how this is set up. This is really good. Chapter eight, we have the witness to the Samaritans. What are are the Samaritans? They were half Jew and half Gentile, right? So we have have the Jews come into the church in Jerusalem Uh, in, in the beginning in Jerusalem, then the Samaritans in chapter eight, then we have the conversion of the Gentile, right? The conversion of the Gentile in chapter number eight, uh, 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 help me. What was his name? Uh, Philip went to him, uh, from Ethiopia, the eunuch from Ethiopia, right? Remember? All right. Then we have the conversion of the apostle to the Gentiles. In other words, God had the apostle Peter designated to the Jews, And to reach the Jews. But then he designated the apostle Paul to reach the Gentiles. Gentiles, Okay. So we see we got the man ready. We've got a man ready to go reach the Gentiles. Chapter number eight. Or excuse me. Chapter number nine is the conversion of the apostle to the Gentiles. The apostle Paul. Then we see the witness to the Gentiles. Chapters nine through 12. Chapters nine through 12. So we have Jerusalem. Chapters one through eight. Then we have Judea, Samaria, chapters 8 through 12. And now here we are in chapter number 13. That, that just got us to where we are in chapter number 13. Jerusalem has been reached. Samaria uh, has been reached. Judea has been reached. Now we have to go to the, what is it? The, starts with a U, to the, everybody say it, to the uttermost. All right. Now, what we have learned so far is the center of activity has moved from Jerusalem up to Antioch. Say that with me. Up to Antioch. Antioch. Now, this has become the headquarters. Paul and Barnabas has been sent to Antioch, right? And they they have been ministering there and they've been serving there. Uh, Basically, Paul was the pastor there. He was teaching and developing and growing and discipling. They were making disciples. Say that with me. They were... They were making disciples. Now, the first half, the first half of Acts, now let's, just is a little review. The first half of Acts was reaching the Jews with the main character, Peter. The second half, which begins right here, which we're fixing to kick off right here, uh, is reaching the Gentiles, and that is with the apostle Paul. Amen? Amen? You remember? This here means yes. This here means, okay, all right. Now, uh, Back here, the center of activity was Jerusalem. Now we have the center of activity in Antioch. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now, the prime, perfect example of a church is Antioch. If we want to be like any church in all of the New Testament, we want to be like Antioch. We want to take this as our example. We want to take this and and pattern ourselves. After Antioch, okay? now let me give you four quick things here, four quick things, and I'm, I'm saying that facetiously because they won't be quick. <clears throat> I told, I told uh, 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 Pox Humphrey uh, we're going to be very brief tonight because half of my study time was cut with the ball game, and I lied again because <clears throat> I got some good good stuff, all right now what are we, what are we talking about? We want to be we want to be like the church in Antioch, right? We want to be like the church in Antioch. Now, let's look at some distinctions, some characteristics of the church in Antioch. First, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Look at the diversity of the church. Look at the diversity of the church. Look what it says. Verse one. Now, there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon. That was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene. And Niger means black. It means black. We know they were probably from northern Africa, all right? And Manian, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now, what do we see here? We see diversity. Say that with me. We see diversity. diversity. Now, now what, what, do we need to, what do we need to take from this? First, there's people of different color in the church. There's people of different culture in the church, right? Uh, there's, there's people that, of different nations in the church. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now, not only that, not not only that, but, but we see that there are, well, let me, let me, let me, let me slow down. Let me slow down. I'm getting in a hurry. I'm getting in a hurry. What does it say in Acts 10, Acts 10, 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. I perceive that God is no, say it with me. That means he don't like nobody better than the other. That means if if your skin color is white, you're no better than anybody else. That means if you're a racist, you're ungodly. It means if we all look the same in here, we're not doing our job. Now, I know, I know culturally speaking, there are going to be different types of people attracted to different types of environments. I, I understand that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. If if you have a problem with somebody that's different than you sitting in the pew beside you, you got a major problem. Because the church in Antioch was diverse. There was diversity. Not only was there diversity of culture, but watch this. There's diversity of character. There's a diversity of character. Man, you see, you see all kinds of different people here. You see one who used to murder Christians. You see, one who's the son of encouragement, Barnabas. He's just a good old boy. He's the one you'd want to hang out with. He's just like a, a an Uncle Henry or Uncle Herb, or, or you know, just just a good guy, good encouraging guy. Then you then you've got somebody that was raised the foster son of, of Herod the Great. Imagine we we all know we've studied how how wicked the Herodian Empire was, and he come up in that. What am I saying? What am I saying? There's all kinds of different people in the church. There's people that grew up good, and there's people that didn't. In other words, in other words, there's people with reputations. You know, you remember? You remember? They used to like to say about temple. Look at look at the riffraff going in there. You know what I want to say? Look at the diversity. Look at the diversity. Man, we need sinners up in here. How are we going to get them saved if we don't get them here? Come on. Man, y'all quiet today. Y'all must, y'all must have some conviction going on right now. Did the Holy Spirit tell you to witness somebody and you didn't this week? Huh? I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit power drive you. All right. Can y'all see the diversity? Different nations, different cultures, different colors. Listen, different characters. There was some good people in there. There was some people that used to be bad. What did Paul tell Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.12? 1 and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry who was before. I love that. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious? In other words, every church should have some former bad people in it. I know what you're thinking. Well, I can name you. Wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible say for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? Amen. I heard a great illustration on that to illustrate that. You know, there's a mountain. Let's just say a mountain, right? We've got a mountain in front of us. And we are told to throw a rock over the mountain. In order to get to heaven, this, this represents our sin, right? We have to throw this rock over that mountain. Well, some people can throw the rock farther than the other, but they're all going to fall short. Now, your sin may not have lasted as, as long as other people's sins. Now, your sins may not be as bad in your eyes as other people's sins, but we're all sinners. And we need to understand a church that is a godly church, a church that is a growing church, a church that is, listen, it has the power and the favor of God on it. It's going to be diverse. Why? And how do you know that? For God so loved the world. We all need to learn that, that, uh, that, that children's song that we learned in children's church and Sunday school. Red and yellow, black and white. They're all precious in his side. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. It's the adults he's got problems with. Say amen. Anyway. All right. Diversity of character. Diversity of culture. Can we see that? Is that obvious? Verse one. Right. Right. Come on. Get with me. Get with me. It's going to get better. There's a diversity of culture, diversity of character, but then there's a diversity of callings. He basically lists five five different leaders here. These are five different leaders in the church in Antioch. He calls some of them prophets, some of them teachers. There were some preachers, some who came and proclaimed the word of God and proclaimed truth like a trumpet. And then there was others that could sit down with you and dissect it and teach it and make it understandable to you. So what's the difference between preaching and teaching? And by the way, by the way, too, people always say all the time, well, my pastor's a teacher. Well, the Bible doesn't say teach. It says preach, but be apt to teach. Are y'all with me? He needs to be able to teach, but he needs to preach and say, well, what's the difference? It's all the same. No, it's not the same. Here's the difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching is here's the information. Preaching is, here's the information. Now, what you gonna do with it? Preaching will get in your face. Preaching will hold you accountable. Preaching will, are y'all with me? And that's why people are leaving preaching churches and going to teaching churches because preaching will bring conviction. Are y'all with me? They'll drive 500 miles to go to a concert but won't go across the street to hear a godly preacher. Anyway, I'm not going to get running that rabbit. We'll never finish. But there's diversity of callings. Diversity of of responsibilities. He he describes it. Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body. Watch this. Now, this is really important too. This is really important. And, And we need to understand this. Now, God. Now, who? Now, God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now, are they many members yet, but one? Now, let me explain. In this chapter, he's using the illustration of a human body. A human body has many members, right? We have fingers, we have hands, we have elbows, uh, we have legs, we have ears and eyes and a nose and a mouth. And all these different members have different responsibilities, right? They have different jobs. Now he's saying that the body don't just have one member. He said, if we did, if we just had an ear, what's going to do the seeing for us? If all we had is a nose, what'd be doing the tasting and the speaking for us? Does this make sense? Everybody had, but, but this is, this is so important. God put everybody where he wanted them, where he wanted them. Now, don't get mad or frustrated if you don't have the place that you want. In other words, if you don't have a lead part in a song, it might because you can't sing. If, 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 if you try, oh, oh, oh. if I had somebody angry at me and he wasn't necessarily angry at me as much as he was angry at church and church people because he didn't have a place to preach. He didn't have a place to preach. He, he says, nobody will give me an opportunity. I said, I said, here's one thing you got to understand. I never called one single person and said, can I come preach? Not one single one, not one single time in all the years that I've been in the ministry. Not one single time. I can tell you the very first person that called me, his name was Willie Ward and he was a pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church. And I thought that was the greatest thing ever in my life that somebody thought enough of me that invite me to come preach in their church. And we went to Shoney's right after. Say amen. (laughs) And then somebody else called. I remember the second one. I remember the second one. Listen, I remember the third one. After that, it gets a little foggy. (laughs) But Brother Travis, not one time. God always opened a door. He always opened the door and there was a time, there was a time between Long Branch Baptist Church where I was pastor in South Carolina and, and right here at Temple Baptist Church that there was no door opening up. And I was, I, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was getting antsy, but God was doing something to me and God was preparing me. Not only was he preparing me, he was preparing temple because God's got a prepared place for a prepared man. And he will put me where he pleases to put me. And this is what I'm saying. Everybody can't preach. Everybody can't teach. Come on, some of y'all are looking all sanctimonious tonight. Don't tell me you've never sat under a preacher you don't want to hear. Because half of y'all get up and leave if I'm not here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, come on! Everybody don't need to be preaching. Everybody don't need to be teaching. Everybody sure don't need to be singing. But guess what? Everybody needs to be doing something. We all got our part. We all got our place. How about good old? How about good old Jesse? I get up real early. Think I'm gonna beat everybody. Early in the morning, rain, snow, sleet, or shine, he's out there getting that blower, blowing stuff all over the place, getting ready for you to get here. Now, if I said, Jesse, come on up here and preach a sermon for us, we'd have to call 911. (laughs) Because he would die. But how many of y'all appreciate him out there every Sunday morning? Come on. There's a diversity of calling. We all got responsibility. Well, I'm not getting called on the same. Well, you're talking, you need to talk to Jesus. Nobody's asking me to preach. Well, you need to talk to Jesus. Well, I tell you what, I want this part. I want that part. You, you're never going to get a part of the one you want because you want it for the wrong reason. Let's just talk about that a minute because it's not in the notes, but we need to understand this. I see it all the time and I see it primarily, not primarily, but a lot more in the music than anything. Everybody wants a song to sing. Everybody wants a lead part. Everybody wants to, but you got to understand something. If you don't have one, talk to Jesus. And I'm, I'm not being arrogant, and I'm not trying to be mean in this way, but I have never one single time asked for a spot. When God thought I was ready for it, there it was. There That's right. And if you're not in a spot, or you're not getting an opportunity, or somebody's not asking you to do, then you may need to be talking to the Lord because there's a reason. Yeah. Amen. That's right. There's a reason. He places them in the body as it pleases him. And this may be a reason too. Watch this second point. We see, we see the diversity of the church. There's a diversity of culture. There's diversity of character. There's diversity of callings. Everybody's got something to do. It's not always the same thing, but we all have something to do. Watch this here, number two. This is, this is really important. We see the diligence of the church. Verse two. Verse 2, as they, oh, I've done made some of y'all mad tonight. Verse 2, as they Minister. ministered. We see the diligence of the church. They were diligent in serving. They were diligent in serving. They were faithful. Say that with me. They were faithful. Watch watch the verses. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. Matthew 25 21. His Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou good and what? Did it say thou good and successful? No. Thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been successful over a few things. No. No, that's not what it says. Thou hast been Faithful over a few things. I will make thee over. You know why? Because you've been faithful. It's amazing to me how many people want to just be put in the limelight. Haven't been faithful with anything. And many times not even faithful to attending church. Much less serving in church. But they're mad because they don't have their spot. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. Moreover, it is required. It is what? Required Required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 2 Timothy 2, 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to... Who shall be able to teach others also? You know what Paul is telling Timothy there? He left Timothy in Ephesus to pastor a church of an older congregation and Timothy's struggling and having problems. And you know what Paul's telling Timothy right there? If you need something done, go find somebody who's faithful. Go find somebody who's faithful. I remember remember pastoring in in Barnwell, South Carolina and, and there was a person that had a job in the church that didn't even come to church. And, and, and part, some of their family come to church. And I said, listen, we, we, this is this not going to work. Because one, the job wasn't getting done. Two, two, it, it, it was just, it, I'm just going to, anyway, I said, we need to do something. Oh, no, we gave her that job so she would come to church. I said, how's that working for you? Yeah. you? You don't give somebody something to get faithfulness. It has never worked. It'll never work. You give somebody something that's already. You with me? Watch this. I don't have nothing. Maybe you ain't been faithful what you got. Proverbs 25, 19. Watch this. This, ooh, mercy, mercy. All you business owners in here, all you employers in here, all you people who have to depend on people sometimes, Proverbs 25, 19. This is for employees. You need to get this because you don't know what you're doing to the people above you. Proverbs 25, 19. Let's all read it. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a. When somebody's trying to depend on you and you ain't faithful, you hurt like a sore tooth. I saw a picture today. I saw a picture today on social media. I think it was a dairy queen, if I remember right. It was some kind of either jacks or dairy queen. And it said, anybody that really wants to work, basically apply if you really want to work. I can't tell you how many, I can't tell you how many uh, uh, business owners who have told me, I can't find anybody that'll just show up. They don't even have to be good at what they do, I just need them here. Can, can any business owners in here, can tell, y'all testify and help me with that? Is that not true? I wonder what, I wonder what God thinks sometimes. There has not been one single week. Y'all know we got a bunch of volunteers, and I love every one of them, and I appreciate every one of them. And we need every one of them. But I can't tell you how many times and how many gray hairs is on the, on the heads of the staff in this church because every single week, seven, eight, nine, ten of them call out, I can't come. Every week. And I understand sickness. That's not, a, that's not an issue. Nobody, you know, you can't, I understand that. But just, just, just not come, don't feel it today. Listen, God expects us to be Faithful. To be faithful. Right? They're diligent in serving. They're diligent in serving. And let me say this. Let me say this. This. no, oh, I don't want to run that rabbit. The, this proves the Holy Spirit picked them. Because there's no way in the world the church would send away its two best people. Because Paul and Barnabas were it. They were the main leaders in the church. The most faithful people in the church said, the Holy Spirit said, that's the ones I need right there. Right there. Uh, let 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 me just reach out on a limb and say this. If you don't feel like you're getting utilized, maybe you ain't been faithful. Because if you read, you'll find out it was the Holy Spirit that said it. And I want to tell—I wanted to tell that fella that was angry at me. I said, "Listen, the Holy Spirit ain't told me to get you up in the pulpit, and if nobody else is." The Holy Spirit ain't telling them either. Does this make sense? I want to do more for God. Be faithful. Be faithful where you are. I remember Dr. Brown telling a story. I remember Dr. Brown telling a story when he first got saved. He was so excited for God. He wanted to do it. You know how baby Christians are, man. They're just jacked about everything. And, 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 and he was put over the steeple committee. <clears throat> you remember that brother? Have you heard that story? He said every single Sunday he would check that steeple, make sure it was all right. He'd go to preacher. Hey, preacher didn't really have anything for him to do. And he was driving him crazy. He said, make sure that steeple's in good shape. <clears throat> he said, I checked it every Sunday. You say, that's silly. No, he's faithful. Ended up building a humongous church in Augusta, Georgia. But he started out on the steeple committee. <laughs> I don't like holding doors. Well, you probably ain't good enough for anything else then. Because the man closest to God's own heart said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper yes, sir. in the house of my God. Yeah. If all I get to do is hold the door, bless God, I'm going to hold it with a smile. Amen. 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 I know what some of you think, yeah, but you're depressed. No, no, no. I did all that stuff. I did all that stuff where y'all ever got here. Amen. Be faithful. Be faithful. If you're faithful with the little, God will give you the much. They were diligent in serving. They were disciplined in spirit. That's part of a problem. The Bible says, as they minister to the Lord, that's serving, that's faithfulness, that's commitment. As they minister to the Lord and, oh, we don't like that word, do we? And fasted. That is a spiritual discipline. That is a spiritual discipline. Do y'all remember when the the disciples couldn't cast out the demon? And Jesus shows up and saves the day. And they're like, man, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we do that? Because you've got to remember. I don't want to take too much time on this illustration. But you've got to remember he had already given them power. He had already given them power and sent them out. And they've already cast out demons before. They thought, hey, this is just another demon. And they were unsuccessful. Watch Watch what Jesus says. And when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately. Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. There's going to be, there's going to be some sometimes in our life that only the most disciplined are going to get the job done. Now listen, there's, there's, fasting is not a formula. A lot of people have misunderstood fasting because of wrong teaching about it and, and, and wrong behavior with it. Every year you'll see people getting on social media and posting, I'm fasting this week and I'm doing it. If you're posting it, you might as well just go ahead and eat. That's right. Because yeah. that's what the Pharisees did. That's right. yeah. they, would, they would even throw dust on them to make them look pitiful so you'd feel sorry for them. Yeah. That's not the deal. Fasting, true, and by the way, there's not one command commanding you to fast. There's not one in the Bible. But what fasting is, is when you're so burdened about whatever it is you're praying for, you don't even want to eat. That's right. That your focus focused and your, everything about you, you need God to move. And this represents to me, they were disciplined. They wanted the touch of God on their life. They wanted to be in the perfect will of God for the life. They wanted to serve God and be successful and faithful with God. And if it took fasting, if it took setting aside the biscuits for a little bit so they could focus on prayer, man, they wanted to please God. Are y'all with me? They were diligent. They were diligent in their service. They were disciplined in their spirit. And because of that, because of that, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, what's the next three words? Verse two, as they ministered, do we have it? As they ministered to the Lord and the, all right, all right. So who's taking the initiative? The Holy Ghost. What were what were what were they doing? They were being faithful. They were being faithful. They were serving. They were working. They were being faithful. They were disciplined. They were doing their very best to serve God where they were with what they knew. But basically, to make it simple, they were being So who sent them forth? Who put them in a new realm of ministry? Who opened and, and, and broadened their horizons to see bigger and better things? Who was it? It wasn't a church. It wasn't church people. It wasn't wasn't a choir leader. It wasn't a preacher. It was the... So if you're not getting what you think you deserve to be getting as far as opportunity to service, whose fault is it? Ah? Who's responsible for it? The Holy Ghost. So, don't get mad at anybody. If you got a problem where you're at or what opportunity you're not getting, talk to Jesus. Amen. Be faithful and talk to Jesus. Now, look what happens. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. The two best ministers. Wow. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them away. Look at this. Look at number three, the delegation of the church. Two things, two things. Write these down because I really want to get number four. I got to get to number four. Verse 3, when they had fasted and prayed. Now, here, here's, here's what I believe. This is here. Here's what I believe is taking place. It doesn't get this specific, but I believe this is getting place. Because anytime, time, any uh, if somebody's got a calling on their life, God's going to tell the one that they're calling. It's amazing to me. Have y'all figured out now everybody's got a good plan for your life? Everybody in the world's got good advice for you. Preacher, I think you need to. I said, well, first thing, the Holy Spirit ain't told me that yet. So here's what I believe took place. I believe the Holy Spirit impressed upon Paul and Barnabas about taking this missionary journey and moving from where they were in Antioch and taking the gospel to the uttermost. And so Paul and Barnabas communicate this to the church. In 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 old time church we call they they were announcing their calling. Right? They were announcing their calling. And so what did they do? We see again, it's repeated. They fasted and prayed. In other words, Paul and Barnabas are being faithful. And in their responsibilities in serving the church, they're fasting, they're disciplined, and they're faithful. And now they've announced to the church, "Hey, we believe the Lord is leading us to take the gospel to the uttermost." And so everybody prays and fasts to come into. Here's here's two words. Two words. They come into agreement. That's what it means to lay hands on them. Listen, they didn't lay hands on them to give them any gifts. They didn't lay hands on them for their calling because Paul was already called. You know, when, when, he, when, he, when he began his ministry, God told him he was going to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So they didn't lay hands on them to give them a calling. What was the point of the laying of hands? Paul, They're saying that with Paul and Barnabas, we are standing in agreement with you. Y'all with me? Travis, come here a minute. If you don't care, please sir. Now, this is going to be a great illustration because everybody knows Travis, right? Have a seat, sir. You know, this, this happened before because he was already doing it before, all right? Travis is president of Unsheltered International, all right? And, 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 and before Unsheltered ever was, he was serving the homeless. God had called him to serve and minister to the homeless, okay? But what was he doing What was he doing? He was faithfully serving in his local church. He was faithfully serving. He didn't have a big platform. He didn't have a a big podium. He didn't have a big crowd. You know what he was doing? He was bumming food and taking it to homeless people at the bus stop. I remember a singles ministry outing picnic, and there was a bunch of meat left over on the grill, and I see Travis going down, pulling the grill with smoke flying out of it. And if I remember right, I'd ask Timmy Newton, I said, what is that? He said, there was food left over. So Travis is taking it to those homeless people at the bus stop. Yeah. Come on. What was he doing? He's been faithful. Well, what a he hell. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he was trying to get him to church. Yeah. So he asked for a bus. Did you get a van or a bus first? Bus. A bus. They said, all right, here's the bus. Just leave us alone. Don't bother us. <laughs> I ain't joking, am I? <laughs> no. You handle it. And, and now he's all over the country, in the Philippines, been, been, been to several countries. His, his ministry has broadened and arised, you know? And, and here's what happened. He was faithful. And so God said, I'm going to use him. And so he announced that calling, said, this is what God's wanting me to do. And so the church there, I guess it was at, I guess it was at North Augusta at Victory Baptist. And we do here too. They laid hands on him and they're saying, this is what they're saying. We're coming in agreement with you. We've prayed, we've prayed and we feel led to come into agreement with you on this calling. That's what it means. In other words, we're all putting our hands. You're, you're an extension of us. Now, now he serves out of Temple Baptist Church, and now what happens when he goes to the Philippines and his ministry and everything that goes there, your hands are reaching all the way to the Philippines through your, does this make sense? Because you're, you're in agreement, you're in agreement, now watch this, watch how this works, watch how this works. It says they laid hands on them. In other words, we're agreeing with you. We're coming into agreement with you. If two touching one thing. Y'all with me? But then it says they sent. Say it with me. They sent. sent. Say it with me. They sent. sent. Now the word sent means to release. To release. Now in order for Travis, Brother Travis to do what he does with Unsheltered International. All right. All right. He has to be released from his responsibilities in Antioch. See, Paul and Barnabas had responsibilities in Antioch. And they had to be released. In order to be sent, they had to be released. Now, that's more than just saying, okay, you don't get the Sunday school class no more. It means, hey, we're going to take our, our wallet. And, and since we can't go to the Philippines, we're going to help you go as extensions You see what this means? They're fixing to go on a missionary journey. But they're representing Antioch. And more importantly, they're representing the body of Christ. You're the body of Christ sending, sending. Brother Travis, to the uttermost. So it's not just releasing him from his responsibilities here, but also financially so he can go... There. Does that make sense? So we see two things. When they laid hands on him and prayed for him, what were the two things? We see they're coming into, come on everybody, they're coming into agreement agreement and they're showing their allegiance. We're with you. We're with you. We're going to help you and support you. We all, listen, everybody in here, when you give to missions, you're helping send to him. We're in agreement. We're financially, we're financially releasing him and helping him to go to the uttermost. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. This is a cool thing. Without you sitting in the pew here giving your, your tithes and offerings and missions giving, he can't go to the uttermost. We need him to go to the uttermost because we've been commanded to reach the uttermost, but in order for him to go to the uttermost, we've got to do our thing. So guess what? In God's eyes, you're getting just as much credit by help releasing him financially so he can go to the uttermost. And it's just like you were there doing it. Yeah. You see, this is the most important part. Remember when I said in the beginning of this thing, and I haven't even got to the good part yet. It's on the last point. We always say the good for the best and the last. Amen? But watch this. You remember when I said, we have to be the church at Antioch. This is a cool building. This is the largest church building in Coleman, by the way. Y'all know that? It's the the largest seating capacity of any church building in Coleman. The only other building in Coleman seating capacity-wise that's bigger is, I believe, uh, down at Wallace. But you know what? That means zilch. That's right. Because it's not our seating capacity. It is our watch this, watch this. Let's say. Let's say Bondo Church. Bondo Church, how many, how many, how many doors has he got in that shop? Is there a three door shop? Three? I ain't counting that one. One we meet in. Three is a three roll-up door uh, garage shop where we're having church. We're working on right now sending two other groups out of it to start new microchurches. Do you know if we accomplish that and we are successful with that, we've done more in Bondo Church than we have here in Big Church. Think about that a minute. It's not our seating capacity. It's our. And if we are not. Then we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Right? Well, I don't know about all that. I'll tell you, I I know about it. I, I know, I know, I know. And this is how much I know that God cares so much about the sending part of it. He took the two best in the church, and not only that. This is we learned this in Bondo Church Monday night. We studied John chapter three Monday night. Watch this. This is I've never seen it. I've never seen it. we were studying a bunch of rednecks in a paint booth. Nicodemus comes to Jesus by night, right? The religious leader. He comes to Jesus and he says, man, we know that thou art a teacher come from God because nobody can do these miracles that thou doest unless God be with him. So what's Nicodemus doing? He's coming talking about miracles. And the first thing Jesus does is says, you need to be born again. He didn't talk about no miracles. His priority was the salvation of a sinner's soul. The very first thing, the very most important thing on the mind of Jesus with Nicodemus, it wasn't no miracle, it was his salvation. You know why? Because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if we don't have a priority and we are not a mission-minded church who are sending out people regularly to see people saved, then we're not doing our job. It is not our seating capacity. It is our. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. But you're wrong. You're wrong. You don't have to go to Philippines. Watch this. Y'all with me? Don't worry about that last point because it's a good, I'm going to probably preach all of it next week. Okay. Watch this. It's not our seating, seating capacity. It's our. Seating. Well, preacher, they're sending them to Cyprus and that's talking about four missions. Oh, whoa, whoa. Whoa. Watch this. Watch this. Cyprus was the hometown or, or the home place, basically, of Barnabas. So the first missionary journey, Barnabas just went back. Y'all see that? It was familiar to him. It might have been where he knew everybody. <gasps> Watch this. Watch this. Go ye into all the world. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? We studied that. We studied that. I've said this a hundred times. What does it mean? What does go ye into all the world? What does that mean? As you are going, what's wrong with you people? You remember this? What is the Great Commission? As you are going, it's not our. It is our. Watch this. We're sending him. We're sending him to the Philippines. And uh, where are you going this week? Georgia. God knows they need Jesus. Say Amen. Where are you going this week? Uh, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Tennessee sure needs the Lord. <laughs> you going to go to a truck stop this week? Yeah. Is there anybody there that needs the Lord? Every one of them. <laughs> Every one of them. Well, I say that. Ah. Most of them You can ask them. Doesn't hurt to ask. You know what I'm doing this week? I'm sending Willie G to Chattanooga to a truck stop because there's a lost man that needs the gospel. Where are you going this week? Work. You got a job? Where are you work? Royal. Royal. Guess what? I'm sending you this week. Our church is sending you to take the gospel to somebody at Royal. Where are y'all going? Walmart. Walmart! I knew it! <laughs> I know that somebody at Walmart needs the Lord. <laughs> Think about this. We're sending you. What What does this mean? It means we're all missionaries. The great commission is go to the uttermost, but it's Jerusalem first. You know what happened when those folks at Antioch, you know what happened when those folks at Antioch sent sent Paul and Barnabas into the uttermost, they turned around and started reaching Antioch. While he's going to the uttermost, we're reaching Antioch. Now let's make it right now, right now. We're sending Brother Travis to to Georgia and then, are y'all going to the Philippines this year? Okay, while they're over there, guess who we're supposed to be reaching? Walmart, the the truck stop. Where are you going? Miss Diane, you going anywhere this week? Okay. I'm going to the DHR. Okay. All right. That's where I went Tuesday and got to witness to a girl there. Guess what? You were sent. Yes. And you followed the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Do y'all get this? Tell me when she walked in the door. Are y'all with me? How many lost people are all around us? Every day. And we're just walking by them with no idea. Well, I tell you what, I witnessed and didn't work. Keep on. Yeah. We don't stop fishing because they're not biting. We go find where they're biting. Whether you know it or not, you're sent. Oh, man, I need about 30 minutes. If I had 15, it would work. But here's, let me just, let me just give you like a teaser. The distinction of this church, the distinction of this church. It's all about the Holy Ghost. Who said separate me? The Holy Ghost. Who led them? Now watch. I'll give you two minutes. We can do this in two minutes. Y'all believe it? Pox, you believe it? Ah! Watch this. Watch the distinction of this church. Watch what made this church special. What did we preach on? What did we preach on Sunday? We all have a... Man, come on. We all have a... Watch this right here. Watch this right here. What made this church special? A, they were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Look what it says. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost... What's the next word? Said... How do we know he said it? Because they... Oh, he's in with the teens. Somebody come up to me and handed me something tonight. he done the exact same thing that I did on Monday. God told me to give somebody something, and I gave it to him. They said, "Preach, you sure about this? I said, hey, helper said it. I'm doing what the helper said. And he came up to me and handed me something. And I said, hey, he said, I'm just doing what he said. You know what made this church special? They were sensitive. What sensitive means is they were were listening. So when the Holy Spirit spoke, they heard. In other words... In order to do what they were doing, they were completely totally dependent on the Now think about this. How many churches are operating every single week, every single weekend, every single Sunday and the Holy Spirit ain't even within 10 miles of the place. They don't need the Holy Spirit to sing, they don't need the Holy Spirit to preach, they don't need the Holy Spirit to minister. And they're just going on just like it is. And let me tell you what's happened. God's removed that candlestick and go to Revelation chapter number, chapter number two if you want to know what that's about. They're, they're not operating in the Spirit. They're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't know the Holy Spirit if he popped them in the jaw. But you want me to tell you, if we're going to be in a, 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 a church that makes a difference, is we got to be sensitive. We got to be, come on, we got to be let me, let, me, let me prove it. Let me, let me prove that we got a problem there. Let me prove that we got a problem there. When, when, Brother Travis, what happened? What happened when they listened to the Holy Spirit? What did the Holy Spirit tell them to do? To go. To go. What did the Holy Spirit do? He sent people. He said, separate me, and then he sent them. Yeah. If nobody's being sent, then somebody ain't. Anyway, B, I hope, I hope you take that home with you and chew on that a little bit. Because if, if you don't sense at Walmart, at, at, the, at the truck stop in Chattanooga, in Georgia, if you don't sense the Holy Spirit telling you to witness to somebody, you're not listening. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of missions and seeing people saved. And if we're going to be a church like the church at Antioch, we're going to have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Which means we're going to have to start doing better at, look at B, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Oh, mercy. This is why we don't want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They were submissive to the Holy Spirit. When when the Holy Spirit told them to separate Paul and Barnabas, what did they do? They separated them. When he told Paul and Barnabas to go, what did they do? They went. You may tell you why some of us are not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit because he's already told us something we don't want to do. But you may tell you what gave them the power that they had? It's because they were sensitive and they were submissive. Watch this. I'm done. I'm done. I know we're over time, but this is, this is the most important part right here. This is the most important part. Because, because they were sensitive and submissive to the Holy Spirit, they were supported by the Holy Spirit. He was truly their helper. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Look at your neighbor and say, stay with him. They're on the mission field now. I'm making this short because we're out of time. We're already in the red. Look, they're on the mission field and they run into obstacle. There's an occult leader that's withstanding them. No matter where you go, if you're in ministry, you're going to have problems. You're going to have obstacles. Brother Mark, do I have a testimony there? How many times, I bet you about have a problem every time you go out of town. Whether it's a bus breaking down, whether somebody being goofy, whether it's whatever, if you're serving God, Satan is going to come against you. Don't think that that fear in your heart about witnessing is just, that's Satan doing that. God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Satan is going to come against you. But watch this. Where do you see this support at? Watch this, verse 9. Verse 9. You there? Then Saul, who also is called Paul, what's the next line? Fill with the Holy Ghost. Say it again. Fill with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> let, me, let me paraphrase it. Filled with the Holy Ghost, he turns to the one causing the problems, the occult leader, the false prophet. He said, You, child of the devil, you're going to be blind for a while. There's going to be a mist of darkness fall on you. He dealt with them. Guess what? It did. man went, help me, help me. Somebody help me. Somebody. He looked for somebody to take him by the hand and help. What happened? Watch this now. Watch this. What does it mean? If y'all get this wrong, so help me. It says, and Paul being filled with the Holy Ghost. What does filled mean? From Sunday. It means influenced. You remember? Be not drunk with wine, but be... In other words, filled. You're influenced. What you do is influenced by the Holy Ghost. What you say. So who do you think told him to say to that devil, you're going to be blind? And who made him blind? Come here this is Paul. this is Paul, and he's influenced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, "Say this this Then the Holy Spirit, watch, watch, watch." Then the Holy Spirit says, "I got this because I am his watch this, tell him he's a child of the devil. Tell him he's fixing to be blind. Going to be blind. <laughs> the Holy. Watch this now. The Holy Spirit helped him with his problem. Is that not everything that we talked about Sunday morning? You run into a problem. But he was, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, he was allowing, he was, how was he filled? Because he was sensitive and because he was submissive. We learned all this Sunday. Isn't this awesome? How God is just tying this together. Don't expect help with your problem until you learn to be sensitive and then submissive. Because if you want support, it starts with being sensitive. I don't want to do what he says. Then don't expect the support. That's some good preaching right there, ain't it, bro? It sure is. That's what made this church powerful. It wasn't because they were good at what they did. It was because they were totally dependent On the Holy Ghost. And because they were sensitive to what He said and submissive to what He commanded, they were supported by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit helped him with his problem. You got a problem? You got a need? Quit trying to solve your problem and go to listening. And then when he tells you what to do, submit. Because he may just blind your devil for you. Amen. Right. And I, I, we got to quit. Seven minutes. What's wrong with you, Travis? You wasn't paying attention. Sure say amen. Let's stand. Come on, stand. Hurry, 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 hurry. Now remember, you got to run and get them youngins, okay? Run and get them youngins. And say, Travis wasn't operating right. <clears throat> All right. How many of y'all appreciate our, miss- our, mini- our missionary? <laughs> Aren't you glad he's willing to go? Amen. Aren't you glad they're willing to send you? Amen. Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for Your Word. Thank you for the teaching. Thank you for everything. And Lord.